A new season, same pundits. Welcome back to Forward Abroad, your podcast for all things Borussia Mönchengladbach. My name is Manuel, I'm your host, and as in the previous years, I'm here joined by Alexis. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Nice to be with you. Nice to be back in the Bundesliga, nice to be back talking about the club. And uh, of course, we have a lot to go through, so um, let's jump right in. Um, a new season, but certainly a new face for for the squad um a new manager um lots of new things um but maybe what has stayed the same is uh, defensive woes and <laughs> mistakes on the pitch as we've seen in the first two matches of the season in the in the league of course against augsburg and bayer leverkusen in the first home fixture of the season Borussia cruised through uh, to the second round in the dfb pokal uh Prior to that, um, against fifth division side Bersenbrück, a 7-0 victory. I think we don't need to go into much detail on this. Um, Alexis, Augsburg, first game of the season, certainly not, nothing easy. Um, and it ended in a 4-4 draw. Um, there is so much to talk about, <laughs> even about this match. Uh, let's just maybe start with the new signings that uh, Borussia had taken over the summer and that, of course, were part of the starting eleven, or at least were on the bench um, and who really also made their mark and gave their impression on, on this first match. Um, we had Tranchara, uh, our new striker. We have uh, Frank Honorat, who came in from, from France, from Brest. And um, Weber, who was, of course, uh, brought in on loan from Leeds. Um, what do you make of the new signings who started, to begin with? Um... I think they're very good signings, but uh, they still need to uh, adapt to get used to the Bundesliga. They've all come from abroad, <clears throat> and it's uh, asking maybe asking too much for them to make an immediate massive impact. Mm. Yeah, certainly. I think the, the biggest point here to, to make is that they don't have do not have any experience playing in the Bundesliga. Uh, Honora and, and Weber, um, more of a settled age at, at, at 26, 25. Uh, Chanchara, 22. Of course, a very young striker, very promising uh, with, with Prague there. Um, and yeah, you're, you're spot on. It, it will need time to, to settle. But we've seen very positive things, certainly in the, in the Augsburg game, right? Uh, definitely. Uh, and also in the pre-season fixtures. We've seen that Onora is a fighter and Shavanchara has a lot of presence and he is as cool as a cucumber when taking a penalty in the very last minutes of the match. Right. And Ruba um, wears number 39, the number 39 that was worn by Martin Stanzel, football god. And, um, he's fellow, also fellow Austrian. A fellow Austrian, and he's uh, also prone to shouting at the entire team when he's unhappy with their defensive, uh, with their defending. And, Which is uh, something I, I like. All three, I like all three of them very much. I would quite agree, and I think that's something the team needed. Somebody uh, who who steps up in defense and and really makes himself heard uh, on the pitch. As you know, we've talked about this over and over again that yeah it's just such a meek squad uh, at times that um the, the the overhaul was much needed but that also includes of course having if you want to call them leaders but certainly you know players who who go um forward and 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 uh, voice their opinion on the pitch you said uh, a late equalizer for gladbach here in this in this match the the penalty a uh, very soft penalty i should add that was awarded um to to gladbach in the last minute or you know seven minute uh, additional time and nowadays we've seen we've seen so many additional minutes uh, added on um but of course the penalty for 
Augsburg was also a really soft one um, in the in the sort of dying minutes of the first half, which made it at that time 3-3. Um, Itakura had opened the score, a first assist of the season for Honora, and then Tranchara scored his first goal of, uh, for the club in, in the Bundesliga, um, uh, um, assist from Julian Weigel, and then uh, Augsburg pulling one back before Nathan Ngumu scored well, his second goal for the uh, club, first of the season, with actually an assist by Omlin, because uh, it was, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a long um, a, a long take from from Omlin and uh, Sanchara went for it and then uh, Nengumu was just through. And at that point, you would think, oh, this is looking very promising uh, for a nice away win finally in Augsburg, which only we've done in, uh, once in 11 years in, in 2020. But yeah, 2-3 uh, just before halftime and then the equalizer of a penalty. And then Augsburg even goes ahead, uh, leads 4-3 uh, with 15 minutes to go. Varga scores, uh, Omlin not looking all too uh, happy and lucky about uh, sort of the, that goal and um, the, the penalty then to make it for all. But I think, I, I, I don't know how you felt about this match, but I thought um, I was uh, I was listening to it on the radio. I was uh, driving uh, driving through France uh, on, on, on that day on, on our holidays. Um, as much as I was sort of really annoyed at, at giving away a two-goal lead twice in the, in the first half, uh, I thought it was more of a positive spin to it that the team you know, fight back and, and really got the point there in the last minute. Uh, how, how did you feel about it, Alexis? Yes, uh, you're right. Um, that's not something we've seen for quite a few years, that they have fighting spirit. Um, and Augsburg has traditionally been terrible, always, the away games in Augsburg. True. We've had uh, three years of uh, lethargy and uh, lackluster uh, playing. And now we have a completely new look, new feel team. Uh, what the pundits were saying before the season, that uh, we look very good going forward, but we do have quite a lot of uh, worries as far as our defending uh, goes, uh, was absolutely correct. Uh, when Ngumu scored uh, that fabulous 2-0, I was already dreaming of, well, at least... Champions League or something like that. And I thought this was going to be a very easy 5-0 away win. Naturally. But then it turns out that uh, our defending is really embarrassing. So a 4-4 was kind of uh, fair altogether. And whenever you equalize in the very last second and you weren't expecting it anymore, then you're always grateful and not as annoyed as the other way around. Mm. It was it was a bit shocking to see that, that the goals that Augsburg scored, they were very simple goals right i mean the the, the, yeah. the goal that took gave them a lead to 4-3 was a situation where they were just sort of overloading man and in, 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 in sort of into the box so they would get a second or third shot on goal in that situation um there was the goal from uh, from that we've seen also against leverkusen um should I come to that later where you know sort of a, just a chip ball in and 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 you you ping it from post to post to just head it in freely on a corner um, the, the, the first goal by Augsburg was just a shot that surprised Omlin, um, I, I think through the legs of Nets. Um, but, you know, it was it was nothing, no major attacking play here exerted from Augsburg. Well, it wasn't fit for the Bundesliga, the defending there. Uh, yeah. Around the box as well. He, those shots should have never been fired off. The crosses should never have come in. Uh, our defence should not have been running around like headless chickens. And, uh, yeah. We definitely need to work on that. So there's, you know, many people always say, you know, even though the defense certainly looked individually looked didn't look great at times. So there's Nets, Verba, Itakura, and Scali, the back four. Uh, 
and 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 there was a lot of blame onto the onto the um, the fullbacks. So the left uh, left fullback was you know Nets, and and right right back was uh, Scally um, on them. But you know, there's always a, a a thing that the team has to work, uh, you know, as a as a as a whole uh, defensively. And um, I would I would think it's it's certainly the fullbacks, but we also have an issue in finding the balance in midfield with Neuhaus and Weigel on the holding midfielder position. Um, that is not quite. Uh, they're not quite cut out for uh, ardent Bundesliga defending. Uh, definitely not Neuhaus, <clears throat> but the whole team. Uh, even uh, also when they're going forward, we're not very compact yet. Yeah. Um, in the Leverkusen match, whenever we were allowed to go forward by Leverkusen, um, there was this feeling that our players were kind of stranded. Javan Chara was alone in the middle somewhere, and there was nobody to support him. And Ngumu was very far away out on the left, and Onara was very far back and very far outside on the right and um, um, it wasn't just the defense that wasn't compact enough it was the whole team that needs to kind of um, get used to one another mm. yeah good point and you brought you know you, you sort of uh, lead over to or leading over to, to Leverkusen match and um, that was of course highly anticipated after the this wild fall draw uh, where you know you, there was sort of argument arguments pro this new Gladbach side and, and contra this new Gladbach side defensively certainly and then Leverkusen one of one of these squads uh, tipped to be challenging Bayern Munich for the title um, how would they you know deal with this Gladbach side and, and and you know many many people were expecting well you know they're going to take this Gladbach side apart and of course now we know that that was indeed the case Leverkusen 3-0 up uh, after after uh, 55 minutes and that was the final result um, in the first half a late second goal um, in, in again in injury time which pretty much decided uh, the opening but Leverkusen had far more shots on goal far more passing um, passing completion far more opportunities to be in the box and be dangerous Gladbach was sort of um, defending uh, actually you know 85 minutes of the, get, of the match uh, little changes there I think I thought it was interesting. So a back three. So Suane seems to be uh, favoring a flexibility, which I think is is a very positive aspect, and it does make sense, or it did make sense against Leverkusen initially to go for a back three and then Honora and Scully on the wing to um, you know fall back when Leverkusen was in possession. But yet again, it didn't really work. It only worked on paper, right? Yeah, and Honora had to do too much defending, so he Absolutely. was uh, he only managed to go forward and dangerously and into a dangerous position once the whole match plus he'd only had two hours of sleep because he uh had been in hospital all night because his wife gave birth to their first child right exactly. so for rather good reasons yeah. <laughs> uh, i mean that was okay yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. um yeah. yeah it was uh very poor defending again it looked Really, um, I mean, the whole feel of the team at the moment is that they're an under-23 team. They're far younger than they were. The big names have all gone, mm. or at least will also soon be gone, like Elvidi. So we are practically looking at a new team, even though numbers-wise, we haven't exactly swapped the whole team, exchanged every single player. But seeing as Stindl has left and Tiram has left, and uh, who is that? player who went to buy a Leverkusen. I've forgotten his name. You know, the one who does advertising for beauty products? Um, uh, Calvin Jonas, Klein. Jonas Hoffmann. Jonas Hoffmann, that's yeah. him. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
seeing as so many of the big, the game-changing players, uh, and Ben Sabaini, of course, not forgetting him. Has he been playing for Dortmund at all? Yes, he has. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. They've been playing really bad football, but that's a different topic. Um, seeing as all the big names have gone, we're practically more or less fielding a youth team, it seems. Yes, you could, of course, you know, that there, there, there was this point where in the Leverkusen match, it was more more changes to the Bayer Leverkusen starting 11 in, compared to previous years than Gladbach. Uh, however, of course, if you if you look at the Gladbach side, there's you know Weigel has been on loan. He's now he's now fixed signing. Omlin had had only come on come in in January. Um, Nagumu, of course, is feels like a new signing because he's uh, he's he started both matches. He looks he looks really good. Uh, you know, bar the deficits in the Leverkusen match, but he looked very good in Augsburg. No, he was also I must say uh, even in the Leverkusen match he was very physical. Yes, um, especially in the first half. When we were just struggling to cope with the Leverkusen players being at least twice as fast as our players were, and there was a lot of scrambling for the ball and trying to get in tackles, he put in a lot of really good tackles. He was mm. very physical. I like that. Yeah, I thought so. And he was, of course, at, in, in one scene towards the towards the end of the first half where uh, there was a really hefty challenge on him, which caused in some pushing there, and there could have been maybe a red card for Jonathan Tah, who gave quite a body check. Yeah, that was, uh, that, was a, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Getting close to that, and that was uh, very exciting. But that was, of course, before they got the 2-0, and then there was not very much further excitement after that. Exactly. That goal, I mean, that left sort of the air out of the tyres <laughs> for that match. But uh, prior to that, you could feel, although Leverkusen was dominating, Leverkusen was creating chances, Gladbach looked at times dangerous going forward, a bit a bit scattered, a bit, um, you know, not not super organized yet, as we already said, but uh, I think they could have gotten a lucky punch. There was so well, they, they were putting in a fight, and yeah. um, obviously they were no way as good as Leverkusen, but considering they were much worse, they were playing quite well. We could have come, come away with a lucky draw or something mm. um, if that ball had gone in after that counter-attack. But I think they put in a good fight until definitely the 3-0 definitely pulled the plug, which was five minutes after the break. 100%, yeah. Yeah, but um, you don't feel as... Uh, the After those two games, I think it's fair to say, you don't feel as let down uh, as... We don't feel as let down as we did, as we have been feeling the last three seasons. Yeah. Before that, um, because... The feeling before that was we have all these fantastic players, but they don't feel like playing. They're just their heart isn't in it. And now we have more or less a youth team, but at least you know they're trying hard, and we're going to lose a few games, but they'll get their act together, and it's much more fun in a way. Even though the Liverpool match was no fun at all, but uh, it was still you know they were still doing their best. Absolutely. So now Gladbach is sort of among the youngest teams in the in the in the Bundesliga. Um, I think I'm sort of third youngest at the, at the moment as it stands. Of course, pending um, some some final changes or pending maybe a starting eleven that is even younger showing up on on, on a match day. Um, but you said it. You know, you one could say, okay, we 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 still have you have a new coach. We said it last year, maybe even two years before. We said, okay, this season is going to be some change is going to be nice. But tr- truly, this season has been. The big change, um, not only in bringing new players in, but really um, the star players, the alleged star players, uh, have left the club, um, and it's it's all about finding the balance now, which I think was a big topic after the Augsburg match. As a four-four, you need you can be 
happy with your attacking play, but uh, there's certainly questions asked about um, your defense, your, your de defense in, in general. Um, however, after the Leverkusen, I think we, you know, we briefly talked now about the, 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 the right back or the, the left back and, and Honora, you know, having a, a big task there. Scali not looking so great in both matches. Nets was out for Leverkusen match, but I think. One key aspect as well is um, center midfield. So Weigel and Nahaus, Neuhaus, they they were the, the central midfielder position in both matches. And pretty much every pundit, every commentator around Borussia Park agrees that this is not something for 34 matches this season. There needs to be some shuffling. They need even probably new signing. In three days, we have the transfer window closing or at the end of the week, um, whenever he had listened to this podcast. Um, there need to be changes, certainly, in, in, in the center of the midfield, Alex. <laughs> well, we still don't know if Kone is leaving or not. Exactly. Yeah. And Christoph Kramer will be coming back, and he's good at plugging holes. Um, I don't know whether they're actually thinking of buying another player. I mean, you can't just find one any old place that you look. Yeah, certainly. Certainly, isn't it? But is the, it? the way the way uh, the team was now in the first two games, that's obviously not a recipe for success for the rest of the season. No. But then the big the big task for Sayana would be if if you take if you take off you know even someone like Player um, who plays you know further up front and maybe move Neuhaus there instead, you 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 will probably have to sacrifice one of the two Neuhaus and Player. And Neuhaus just extending his contract. He has now number ten on his back. I took it from Marcus Turam leaving to Inter Milan. That is a big sign, of course, that the club is is pushing him to get back on track, as he's been uh, rather lackluster in the last sort of twenty four months. Of course, big in big injury that he had last season. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one because you want to you know really find the balance uh, with with your attacking players, but definitely you need to pluck these holes not only with Christoph Kramer but um, with anyone really who could probably play alongside Weigel or Kone once he's back in mid September. Yeah. Neuhaus is definitely not, I mean, the first two matches so far, he hasn't stepped up to the number 10 and to signing a new contract and he hasn't fulfilled his role yet, unfortunately. He's still playing like he has been playing the last two or three years. Mm. A lot of potential, but somehow he just can't get up to full speed. There were a lot of terrible passes and uh, misunderstandings and everything. And if he says he's the number 10, he should be more of a boss. But he's, he doesn't have that. I mean, he hasn't shown that much character, that kind of character yet. Yeah, it's odd. It seems almost like he's sort of dreaming, uh, you know, sort of not, not really f paying full attention to the match. He's just sort of drifting drifting alongside the players through the match. Um, and you can see how this might work with even a goal or assist in a match against a, a really weak opposition in, in the Bundesliga. But certainly, it's not a gap. It's, it wasn't enough against Leverkusen, and it wasn't even enough against Augsburg. So um, difficult to see where to go from here for him. Hmm. So are we are we sure that uh, Elvedi is, is out? Um it, it it sounds like it. I mean, it's been it's been on the on the sort of uh, on the books or on the on the on the way to breaking news for about two and a half weeks now. Uh, of course, Avedo being linked to several clubs. I think the last I heard was Everton. Might yeah, actually... I just I just read that while I was waiting for you to repair your internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, that broke it. You know, it's too many too many hot uh, hot of the press breaking news on on transfer uh, gossip. Uh, yeah. So Avedo, if Avedo goes out, that might send 
set things in motion, as you said. That's not necessarily that a player will be brought in, but we could certainly see these changes. Would you, if you had to pick one or two, maybe three positions, where what would be your priority? Um, defense. I was a defender myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, defense and defensive midfield, especially someone with an older player with a lot of character. Yeah. And charisma. I don't know where to find one, though. Hmm. Uh, that, 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 I think we definitely need someone to... I mean, Weigel is supposed to be doing that, but he's just not loud enough, hmm. not determined enough. I don't know. Uh, we definitely need a boss. There was, there was, of course, one aspect of the Leverkusen match where on the other side there was, there was Hofmann who had... Uh, turned back Glappas, or you know, turned back to to Gladbach just six weeks ago, and and now had you know started again, started against his old club. But of course, Granit Xhaka, who um, you know was a was a hero, Gladbach for the duration of his of of his uh, uh, stay with the club in 2012 to 2016, and still is, and still is, and you know that was shown. But he also demonstrated how important he is for this uh, Leverkusen side, as you know. Um, he, he gave a, a beautiful assist to the, to the first goal. Um, he, he scored a goal that was ruled off because it was offside, luckily, uh, for Gladbach, but it would have been a goal of, this, goal of the month or season contender. Um, but he was really boss in midfield, and that, that's also what a lot of Gladbach supporters are missing in the current squad, and even the squad of the last years. And Granit Saka's name is often connected to that or is often mentioned when when this topic comes up um but yeah a, a rare player and certainly um there were questions asked was he linked to gladbach as well before deciding to to go to Leverkusen? and he said after the match there was never any contact with any officials of the club so really as much as he likes the club and he made that clear i think from his behavior so to speak but also from his words when he was back at Borussia park um as much as he likes the club in his so his position after all these years with Arsenal and the position he has, I guess, in international football, uh, didn't really make the current Gladbach side suitable for him. <laughs> Sadly, um, I had the occasional romantic thoughts of him coming back, but of course, that's totally unrealistic. And uh, I mean, he's turned into a very sensible, mature adult. I, uh, the post-match interviews on German television, he was. Uh, uh, yeah, a real, a real gentleman and diplomat compared to what he used to be. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, no, it was completely unrealistic for him to play for Mönchengladbach. Can't be that romantic. <laughs> but you know, it's sort of to, 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 to sort of turn turn back onto the Gladbach squad. Then I think this is something we should also address. Is um, we're talking about a lot of change and a lot of um, you know finding uh, finding a new squad. But it really also tells you, and we talked about this before starting the record. It really tells you something about how much damage and how much you know how many difficulties max abel when he left the club or when he was was leaving the club at some point uh, mentally uh, has has you know how much issues did the, he has left the club with with um, you know not extending contracts um, allowing for this wave of players to to leave for free so not even getting something in return where he could work on um, which now leaving to leads you know without europe leads to downsizing of salaries downsizing of transfer volume downsizing of of generally the the quality in in, in the club um, because i think f four or five years ago uh granny Tucker's return wouldn't have been completely ridiculous um if if the player was willing and now it seems so i think that also was a stark reminder that 
the Gladbach that also had challenged Leverkusen for the Champions League had beaten Leverkusen to the spot a couple of years ago is now in a very different position than Leverkusen. Yes, well, uh, we were going to do a special on Max Eber because we? We, we, yeah. felt, we still felt uh, last year, even last year, we still somehow felt that he deserved it because he'd saved the club from relegation and built it turned it into a Champions League contending club. But then um, it's quite frightening what's happened to him. And he's caused so much damage. He caused so much so much damage in his the final two, three years that he was there that the club now is still reeling from what he inflicted upon us with his decision to turn his delusions of grandeur, his dis- decision to turn us into a, a Red Bull international Champions League kind of a club. Mm. Um, and we're going to need a lot of rebuilding. It, it just shows you how fragile uh, and whimsical success is in football. Um, certainly certainly for the Bundesliga clubs who do not have a strong support by you know, companies or a, a, a multinational chemical company. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's always kind of slightly uh, easy to forget, even with clubs like Leverkusen, but certainly, of course, everybody talks about the likes of Leipzig. And uh, 10 years ago, we talked a lot about Hoffenheim, but it's all still true um, that, you know, many of these clubs have, uh, you know, just the margin of error is is, <laughs> is very different. Um, you, you could allow for these sort of flops or for these uh, wrong decisions that Gladbach under Abel had made in the last two to three years. Uh, in other clubs, it could allow them to happen without much of uh, a consequence. Yeah, yeah. So I think in that regard, uh, things are looking good. Things are looking promising, at least. It's a lot of work to do uh, for Suani. Um, but from a Gladbach perspective, we can we be optimistic for the season? Um, and of course, we're talking here, seeing an, a better squad, seeing a, a squad that really cares, taking the supporters with them, and I think signs of that were were there in the first match of the season the first home match of the season uh, i think the players are still vibe. optimistic yeah yeah there's a positive vibe the players are still optimistic and um uh i think we're still better than the clubs who will be who have been uh, predicted as battling relegation so i expect I even hope a little bit it'll be like last year. And I'm 10th mm-hmm. in the league or something is okay. Yeah. I, I hope that we'll sort of, during the course of the first 10 matches or something, we'll get our act together. Everybody will find their role and uh, they will become more familiar with one another. And then maybe we'll catch up a bit and get into a stable midfield position. Unfortunately, we have a very difficult start to the season I mean the clubs yeah. that we have to face uh, so we're looking at uh, a very difficult position in the table after five or six matches I guess Absolutely so I think you know we've now had uh, Leverkusen at home and then the next uh, the next uh, fixture is also at home against none other than um, Bayern Munich well, of course uh, being being our favourite <laughs> opponent of the last of the last years but that, I don't think that's a that's a given this time um, then going away to Darmstadt, maybe the first match where you are in a position to be expected to take points um, or maybe even a win. Uh, and then Leipzig, of course, another Champions League side comes to Borussia Park. So we have Leverkusen, Bayern and Leipzig in the first three home games, which seems brutal. Um, 
before then, you know, there's a run against Bochum, Mainz, Köln, and Heidenheim, newly promoted Heidenheim, which I think, you know, that's sort of into late October. That will tell us much more about what this squad can do in the Bundesliga. But yeah, are we optimistic of about Bayern Munich? Um, Manuel Neuer is not there, right? Still not, so uh, might be well, Manuel Neuer is not there to let in goals. And also, we don't have these game-changing players who like to shine in the big matches. Exactly. I don't really see that happening at the moment. No. Uh, unfortunately, for the first time in a few years, I'm not expecting us to uh, gain an easy win against Bayern Munich. But again, as many pundits were saying, uh, you know, after the Leverkusen match, um, and I think that's something that that Dieter Hacking, when Dieter Hacking was still manager, that the squad managed to do that, take all the points from the allegedly weaker sides, and then maybe lose against the top four sides more often. But it still gives you many more points at the end of the season. So I think that's something I would sign up for immediately. That's okay with me. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, well, thank you, Alexis, for um, for this first episode of the new season. And um, this was the end of part one. And of course, as usual, we'll be back for our Legendary Worlds in part two. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you, Manuel. And welcome back to part two of Full Rot Abroad, which is, of course, our Legendary Goals. And in today's Legendary Goals, we are rolling time back to the year 2011, which is a vintage year for every Glapa supporter, as it's the origin story of uh, of, of Gleppers' rise to uh, European glory, <laughs> like back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and we are, of course, um, at the Allianz Arena in, in, in Munich um, on the 7th of uh, August 2011, first match day of the of the new season then, Gladbach traveling to Bayern. And uh, yeah, Alexis, uh, an hour into play, Marc-Andre Terstegen, Gladbach, goalkeeper had made some terrific saves and uh, do you remember what happened then about one hour into the game um i remember that uh rule Brauers just kicked the ball forward for uh, just to get it away from our own penalty box it seemed and it bounced very high and uh there was a misunderstanding between manuel neuer and um what's his name boateng boateng they both said, uh, "You, I don't have the ball. You take it." Or if I translate Le- the Leo, <laughs> or leave the ball. I don't have it, or whatever. And uh, Igor de Camargo just came running along and headed it over Manuel Neuer, and uh, that was a very funny goal to watch, especially for Mitchell fans. And uh, that was the end of the match because we were uh, defending fabulously under Favre. And uh, Bayern Munich just couldn't get anywhere close to scoring a goal. And we were still on a on a high after we survived not being relegated, uh, after we survived the relegation matches. And that was an incredible start to the new season and the kickstart for uh, the miracle of almost qualifying for the Champions League at the end of the season. Yeah, that season, of course, ended in the fourth position, which... Um you know, qualify Klapper for the playoff to the Champions League, which sadly team lost out to Dynamo Kiev. But again, another great goal for um, uh, Igor de Camargo just after the, what you mentioned, the relegation battle in the, against Bochum. But here he scores um, a goal, which, yeah, would take all three points uh, for Gladbach at Bayern, which until then had only happened once. Um, and so that was the second time. We Little did we know at the time that this would become a regular... <laughs> 
a regular thing in the in the in the coming twelve years that uh, Gladbach would travel to Bayern or, or host Bayern and win there. Um, but it was a very sort of scruffy goal, but great to see. And of course, it's also the beginning of a lot of. Uh, Manuel Neuer played blunders when when he played Gladbach, right? Um, I mean, it yeah. never ceased. I love I love him for that. Yeah, yeah. and Igor Takamago, of course, he all he was a very wily player. I mean, he uh, that was a typical Igor Takamago kind of a goal. Yeah, just from outside mm-hmm. the box, a header that sort of you know slowly makes his way into goal, and Boateng is trying to trying to sort of tackle it off the line, but it's it's way too late, and um, yeah. It's, uh, I guess, ag- agonizing to watch for a Bayern supporter or Boateng <laughs> or Neuer. But, uh, I've watched that goal a thousand times. It's at least, at least. Fabulous, yeah. And of course, we linked this again in the show notes so you can, you can check it out. Um, Igor de Comago, our legendary goal of the week. And with that, we've come to the end um, of our first episode of the new season. Um, thank you, Alexis. It's been great. Thank you for hosting uh, together with me. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to all our listeners. And that, of course, you can always find us on Twitter um, or X, as it's now called, <laughs> at Frauwater underscore en, or you can find me at Binger05 or Alexis via sending me a tweet, and then I'll talk to Alexis about what you have to say. So thank you for listening. Um, until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.